I'm Steve Vibronix, and this is the Life in Dub podcast, talking to people who live their lives in dub and reggae. Episode number 12. Welcome to the 12th Life in Dub podcast. How are you all doing out there? I hope you're surviving okay. Cheers for all the messages over the last couple of weeks about the podcast. There's been some interesting comments and suggestions, so please keep them coming and keep in touch. I have a small announcement for you all. If you want to support the podcast, the best way is to order yourself one of the new I Live My Life in Dub t-shirts. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to the website lifeindub.com and follow the link through to Bandcamp. So if you live your life in dub and want to show some support, check out these new t-shirts. This week, I want to talk a bit about the longevity and timelessness of roots reggae and dub music. I was talking with one of the Scoops distributors not long ago. It's a company that distributes all kinds of music, all kinds of genres. And he was telling me that reggae is the only kind of music that keeps going. It's really an evergreen music that people never seem to tire of. And I was reminded of this just the other day when I took a journey into the Vibronics archive to dig out some mixes for the Scoops Records Gold Disc reissue series that will be launching soon. There's really a lot of recordings backed up from 25 years or so of making Vibronics music. And I found some vocals I'd forgotten about. They were recorded back in 2002, so that's 18 years ago. And when I listened back to them, it struck me they could have been recorded yesterday. The lyrical content, the melodies were all examples of timeless quality roots reggae that never seems to age. So as well as being a nice little find in the treasure trove that is the archive, it also gives me a bit of hope for the future in these troubled times. It shows me that roots reggae is a powerful and enduring musical force that can't be kept down not through police brutality, weird viruses, or anything else that tries to interfere. This week, my guest is Rico from OBF in France. OBF have hit some amazing highs over the last few years and firmly established themselves as one of the leading sound systems and music producers. The new album, Signs, came out last week, so my catch-up with Rico was great timing. There is a bit of wind noise in the first part of the interview, but that doesn't last long and hopefully won't get in the way of enjoying what Rico has to say about his own life in dub. So enough of me, let's get on with the interview. So Rico, welcome to the Life in Dub podcast. Thank you very much, Steve, for the invitation. So you're sitting over there in the sunshine in Switzerland and I'm here in the rain in Leicester. I'm in France, actually. You know, I live in France just... Just at the border, just at the border. Geneva, I can see Geneva right there. And I'm here in quarantine in my apartment in France. But listen, what, what I'm doing is I'm starting off each podcast um, with the same question for everybody. And that is to name a track that kind of kind of changed things for you. When, when, you listen, when you think back, it's like, yeah, when I heard that track, after that, nothing was the same. So I don't know if you've got an example of a, a track like that. Um, it's hard to mention just one track here. Yeah? Um, it's quite hard. Trust me, it's, it's, I've been thinking about it. Uh, but obviously, I would say, I would say, ah, it's so hard. Man, Steve, you can't do that to me. It's not easy. One tune who was kind of different from what I was uh, used to hear. Uh, I would say Irish and Stepa, uh, one track of the that album. Uh, any of them. I, want, I would say any of them. As well, uh, Samsara uh, from you, Steve. Uh, this kind of tune. This kind oh, of nice. tune. 
made the difference for me because it was something uh, fresh, mixing like the reggae music essence and a new style of like more like digital uh, UK influence, UK electronic music influence. So yeah, I sing Dop Dat, Samsara, all this kind of tune for me change my vision of of music. And how did you come across tunes like that? When, when did you hear those kind of tunes? Um, Geneva, we're quite lucky in Geneva because we are uh, Asher Selector, organized, who used to organize mm-hmm. uh, reggae concerts. We were quite lucky because we've seen all like the yard reggae artists from Gregory Isaac to Gladiators, to, you know. And, but he was booking as well Jashaka. We were quite lucky to have Asher Selector in Geneva for the, you know, uh, for the young like us. Plus, we had cultural warriors who used to bring, oh, yeah, yeah we used to bring many UK sound system back in the days in a squat, little underground place, yeah, where I saw uh, RDKI5 for the first time when I was 17. Uh, they were... Yeah, it's going back a few yeah, years now, man. More than 20 years ago, and they were playing on Cultural Warrior Sound System, and the the fee for the insurance at the door was like five francs or even less, and or give what you want. And then I entered this, like, this dark room, yeah. Uh, it was quite smoky in there. <laughs> and the sound, the, the tune RDK, if I was playing, it was on a sound system. So, yo, I realized that sound system is powerful as an instrument to play reggae music, you know, and it changed my, my whole life. So we were lucky to have Asher Selector for all the band, the like the foundation reggae artists. And we were lucky to have, to have um, cultural warriors for all like, the UK sound system uh, side, yeah? Because people like Marky Lyrics from RTK, they're kind of some of the people that, that you, their name doesn't get mentioned so no. much now, but back in those days, it's like they were actually travelling and taking the music to people. I can remember, yeah, RTK, if I was, I mean, in Geneva, yeah? Because I think he was a friend of, and he is a friend of... Um, Lion Paul, Cultural Warriors, so that's why. And plus, one more um, things why we, I know these tunes, because in Geneva we had um, three reggae music shops, yeah? We had uh, Asher Selector shop, yeah? Where you can find um, gossipy, or uh, you can see their... Um, um, Prince Allah, you can, you know, you can have all this kind of tune there, yeah? Then you have Lion Po Shop in a squat in Geneva, uh, which is Cultural Warriors Selector's shop. So it, there you could find, like, uh, the UK music, UK music classic, uh, Vibronics, uh, Manasseh, Iration, all this, Abashanti, uh, Shaka, all this kind of tune, yeah? And then you had more, you had, Another shop who opened later, it, uh, it's called Reggae Fever. So we were lucky to have three shops in a little city like Geneva. So that's why, yeah, I know this kind of tune, yeah? Because you remember back, back in the days, there's no internet, yeah? 
So, yeah, of course. You had to go to the dance or had to go to the shop or hear it on the radio. It's like you had to kind that's of... Right. You had to be like yeah. an investigator. So when you hear a tune, when you listen to a tune in, in a dance, yeah, you say, what the fuck is that? Yo, when you can hear like, you know, for the first time, Irish or Vibronics back in the days. Yo, what? What's, what's that? Yeah, you're mad. So the next week, two days after you go to the Cultural Warriors shop or... I should select her and say, yo, you play a tune, you remember at half past one around. And, you, know, <laughs> you can't even record it. Or maybe you can record it on your mini disc player, yeah? Uh, if you have some money, uh, you know. So, yeah, it, that's how we used to uh, discover tunes, yeah? Going in dance and then investigate. But going back a bit further, I mean, when, when, when did you start to get interested in music? I mean, were, were you interested in it as a kid? I mean, you, you, you grew up in France next to Geneva, I guess, or did you grow up somewhere No, no, else? I grew up in France just near Geneva. And when, when did music start to become something that you were interested in? First souvenir, I was very young, yeah? I was on my BMX bike, yeah? I can remember that. And a friend from Paris... An older man than me, yeah. He brought um, a tape, yeah, and he said, "Yo, Rico, listen to this in in Paris. This this is the shit, yeah." So I can remember, it was uh, it was a punk band, yeah, called the Berrer, the Berrerie Noir. This is a legendary, like a this is, is a French, yeah, this is a French legendary uh, militant French punk band, yeah. So I was. I couldn't understand the lyrics, but I was so much into it that it changed. I think it changed my whole, my whole life, yeah? So from this, from this punk band, I grew up as a, uh, a youth on hip-hop, yeah? French rap, French rap, yeah? As, you know, every, I uh-huh. mean, most of the, 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 the young generation uh, growing up on French rap, yeah, in France. And then after this, uh, I discovered, I've been in my parents vinyl collection yeah <laughs> and here and here you go digging and say yo Bob Marley nice and you know it's the time you and your friends are starting you know to uh, smoke spliff just chill and hang around together so you want to listen rap and then reggae and you know so and then I I was really into it and I was bringing like some tunes yeah to play and then I met G uh, at the school at the college and this guy was into reggae as well. So, and this yo, is G who you run the sound with. Yeah, that's right. Operator G. So we were into reggae. Not a lot of people were into reggae. They were all into like, like rap or, you know, rock. But not, not a lot into like proper. I'm talking about like uh, Jamaican reggae, yeah? Because uh, we got many French reggae bands that I, I love, yeah? But it's not my kind of thing. But anyway... Uh, G was into the foundation uh, reggae music. So we was just like hanging together. He was older than me. No, I remember that. Yeah, I've been in, yeah, in the music for quite long. I was going to say, because this is a question music. that I've asked a lot of people and it's kind of, did you like, did you realise it was more important to you than it was to like other people? Did you did you know it was like, that's that was going to be your thing? Um... Trust me, I mean, my dad is um, is a chef, yeah? My grandma is a chef. And I was going 
to cook all my life, yeah? You, you've never cooked me a meal, Rico, so now we, ha- we have to set oh. one up. Now, now I know you've got chef blood. You, Bro, we have to set one up. I can cook. I can cook. Trust me, I can cook, yeah? I was, um, yeah, my family is like, got this, like, chef blood, yeah, from generation to generation. And um, the first time I've been in a kitchen with a chef telling me what to do, what time you have to come, what time you have to finish. I said, no, I don't want to do that, man. Because my, my dad is quite a cool guy. He knows how to talk to people. He's more into like um, the social way to talk to people, not like giving order to people. Yeah, he's quite cool. Yeah. So I've been used to this education, cool education. So when I've been in a kitchen for the first time with a French chef, you know how they are, yeah? And he's trying telling you what to That's do. That's right. So I was, I was not meant for this kind of job. So I, was, I remember I was working in a ski resort in Switzerland to make money because I, I was 18 years old. I finished the school and, I, you know, I need money. So I meet this kitchen and it's horrible, yeah? But... In the same hotel, there is a club downstairs, yeah? And some friends are playing every night. Some people working there, they love reggae music. They love uh, dub music. They love jungle music. So every night, we are in this club playing music, yeah? All night long. So uh, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is how, you know, I decided to focus on music after this because i've just come back from um, like mountains last week in france and there's there's a crazy scene for Mm. these music parties like there's like there's all the people that work and live there and all the people who are skiing and stuff it's like but but the music and the parties in the evening are a big big thing there so i can i can kind of see where you're coming from that's what and you can see that it's Monday night. It can be Monday yeah, night, Tuesday night, shocked. Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. I was playing Tuesday yeah, night, yeah, Wednesday yeah, night. Yeah. When I saw the itinerary, yeah. I was like, come on, <laughs> shows always at the weekend. They're like, no, no, no. In the skiing, every night. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, that's what, that's why I just like decided to like focus on music and not like focus on, on, you know, cooking. But, you know, before I focus on music, I, I had to work, yeah, as, as uh, a cook, yeah. What about like playing music and stuff? When when did you become interested in playing music? Because obviously people know you for the sound system, but the, the the big influence, like globally, is is like your music productions as well. So it's like, where, where, when did you become interested in actually making music? I mean, were you trained at all, or? Um, you know what? I bought, I bought a, a machine like um, a Yamaha. RM1X. That's yeah. like one of those all in ones, the blue one, the sequencer unit. Yeah, the blue one, drive. yeah, yeah, sequencer, yeah. Yeah, but you have everything in it. You have like, yeah, sequencer, you have the effect, delay, reverb, you have, yeah, you can, we can work on some, on, on some tune, yeah. So we, we, we were starting the sound system, playing music kind of every weekend because we used to live in a squat in Geneva and we could organize our own parties or our own session. So we used to play music mostly every weekend. But, you know, some tunes were missing, yeah? Because I was in love with this UK dub vibe, but I couldn't find... Yeah, if you want those certain militant tunes, that there's not that many of them, really. That's right, that's right. It's 2002 or 2001. I'm like, I need more, I need more of that tune. And I say, you know what? I'm going to beat my own tune, yeah? 
So I was just like copying and remixing. I could remember a remix like jungle, 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 jungle. Yeah, you know, iration tune. Yeah, I, yeah. I was just like uh, trying to remix some of the tune or like try try to understand how it was built, the sound, uh, the chop. I, I used to learn guitar but back when I was like 14 years old yeah but just for two three years but building making music on a sequencer is totally different so that's this is how I started because I wanted to have my own tune some new fresh selection yeah so this is how I decided to to create my own music but even if you play a little bit of guitar because that's how I started as well it just shows you the basic stuff of chords and notes and the sort of basic musical foundation and then you can take that to, to you know sequencing and digital stuff and and I used to love I used to love all these knobs and and as well on this uh, Yamaha RM1X you can mix kind of do some mix you know muting muting the track you want, add some reverb, delay, so it's, you know... Yeah, you can start it, to learn some dub mix stuff. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Because obviously, you know, you you seem to be influenced a lot by, like, the UK kind of sound as well, and it's kind of... Is, is that... Just wonder why, why that kind of sound has, like, really, like connected with you because obviously you know you, you, you're coming from France like a different country but you're you're focusing on this yeah. UK thing I'd wonder what if you can think about any kind of any reason why that, the UK sound is something that you love so much I think um, the influence from the Caribbean that you had in the UK and this like electronic proper UK electronic music the mix the blend of the Caribbean and the UK for me is like kind of the perfect perfect vibes the warm Caribbean side and the colder English music side the blend of the two of them is like is the perfect balance for me and then at some point obviously the sound system kind of came into play as well so um, you and Guy, I guess, started thinking about setting up your own sound system? Yeah, because, you know, we were living in this quartier and it was quite expensive to rent uh, speakers and boxes because uh, we were young. So we decided to, to, to like, dig if anyone was selling some, some speakers, some boxes. And we found, I think, we bought some stuff from Cultural Warriors and we asked G's uh, uncle to, because he was a carpenter, to help us to build our first two boxes. Yeah, we had to build our own. And that early sound it is could... obviously quite different to the mighty OBF sound system that we see today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to run a sound, you know, Steve, you know, you need time. You need time. You need experience. You need to start from scratch. You need to. You need to know what it is to, to, to paint it, to build it, to design it. You know, you need to, to it's sweat, tears. You need to feel it. You need, you need, and you, to, you, to, need, you need to make it. some mistakes as well and kind of mess it up a bit. To, to Mist- learn, yo, we, you know. we made some big mistake, but yo, uh, you know what? When I'm thinking about it, you know, you have to learn of your mistake. And yeah, it, it is life experience, some system experience. Because it's not, it's not something that's easy to do 
and it's definitely not something you can make any money out of to begin with and you tend to get into sound system because of like the love of it and stuff but i wonder why what what really motivated you to to build your sound and to and to you know because a lot of people are happy just going to the sessions whereas obviously you are taking it one step further playing a tune on a sound system it's quite for me it is different when you play your tune on your own sound, it brings the whole things on a different level. Uh, it's it's hard, I mean it's quite hard to understand because um, driving for eight hours, being there at the venue five hours before everyone, setting up the sound, playing all night, uh, packing up the sound, driving back for eight hours after three hours sleep. No, it's not really like the kind of work you, you, you would like to do, but I don't know why. We love that shit, yeah? Because pe- people don't realise how much how much work's involved and kind of the, 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 the passion and the hours that go into it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a mix of passion and, 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 and work. But as well, when you drop your tune, you drop a tune on your sound, you know your song, you know, to drive it, your operator is here you know, that can approach a kind of like a trance, you know? That's why it's happening sometimes to me with the sound system, you can control your volume, you can play with the filter, you can play with the EQ. It's a different, it's a different approach of, of playing music. It's a powerful thing because it, it's very loud and heavy and if you're, if you're in control of it and you know what you're doing, like you say, you can really do quite powerful stuff with it and give people quite an extreme experience but also the one that you want to give them that's right that's right you you are kind of controlling the crowd yeah with your i could say it's a kind of instrument yeah so you can control the crowd with your instrument yeah the sound system is is like playing dub with the sound system for me is like yeah as you like playing with an instrument and then obviously starting the sound system and kind of building it up and stuff at some point you started to do dubquake as well which is where we met you uh, was that was that the very yeah. first dubquake you were the first guest we had steve vibronics uh, richie roots and madu that's right yeah, yeah. I, I remember it well 2006 in luzine dubquake geneva yeah it was our first event it was our I think, yeah, well, first sound system, like we used to run eight boxes in there and it was the first time, like... I remember the sound system, it was black and it was proper homemade, handmade style. It was like, it was your sound, totally. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was our sound, trust me, we, we built it from scratch and it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, it was, it was the first time we had, I think, um, an international guest on our sound system so it was a big thing for us yeah well i, I remember no. it well and and now like what is it 14 years later whatever you're still residents at the venue and that's still the place where you play and obviously that's kind of that's i guess that's the obf kind of like base camp home camp i guess yeah yeah we can say that because you know one thing that is important for us is to keep um the link strong with the family where we started so you know, Luzine is a kind of uh, autonomous. Yeah, it's an autonomous place where it's an association. There's no boss. Everyone is on the same level. So this is where we 
you know, we, we, this is where we're coming from. So it's important for us to keep this state of mind, this kind of vibe, yeah, for the Dopequake. So, yeah, it's important. 14 years, Dopequake this year, yeah. And, I mean, so many people have played there as well. You've invited so many people over. Yeah, after, I don't know, many sessions, but quite, a, yeah, a couple of sessions now, maybe... Uh, 14, uh, yeah, something like 60, 70, 80 sessions. So, yeah, yeah. Many, many, many guests from, uh, yeah, all over the world, from Japan to to South America, UK, every, I mean, you know. But it's cool. I mean, not, great not, vibe. not everybody does that, like invites people and brings people into their scene and stuff. And that's kind of... Um, you know, that's 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 something OPF are known for. It's like hosting artists and kind of, I guess, like working in a team with everybody out there. I think we like to show respect to the people who are involved in the dope music, in the dope scene, yeah? So this is why we're just like inviting them at Dopequake. And as well, we want the people know about them. We want the people know uh, the new selection from there. I mean, it's just like, a natural thing. Uh, we would love to invite them with, with their own sound system, but obviously the money is quite, you know. But people are quite happy like, to play on our set um, at Dopequake. So some people in in, in in UK are inviting as well uh, other people. Like you can see at Sobdob. I remember Sobdob gave us uh, ideas as well because when we were young with Steph, we used to go at Sobdob. And yeah, we could see like people playing on Iration set. Yeah, Iration has always invited people to play on the sound. I was up there recently for the, you know, many, many times we played there and like, yeah, it's important to do that kind of stuff. So how was it going to Subdub when you, when you, when you first, you and Steph first went over there? The first time we've been in so a Subdub, it was 2003. Yes, a long time ago. I remember it was Chatobis and Iration. And uh, Mark was running his old set, yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy experience because Mark was on fire. He was at home, Chapel Town, uh, West Indian Centre, and Toby's came. Uh, no fans around him, just like the singers, the MC, the army, the full army was here on Keith, yeah. Running Paddo plate all night. And with, it was kind of uh, like... No sound clash, yeah, not proper sound clash. Like you can see nowadays, like people insulting each other, but like you can see there is like some, not com I, I wouldn't say competition, competition, but some challenge to give the other sound challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't just play anything, you've got to and, do it properly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. And yeah, yeah, the, our first experience in Subdub was, yeah, what the, was this dance. So yeah, great, great, great. Nice, nice. And then obviously that helps inspire. What you're doing over there? That's right. Like, I mean, how 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 would That's you describe right. like the the dubquake vibe, the dubquake thing? Because not you know a lot of people have been there, but people listen to this podcast yeah. from all over the place. So how how would you describe yeah, yeah, dubquake yeah. to people? What, what what's going on there? Uh, every time at dubquake, we try to like um, tell you a kind of history of reggae music. We start always starting. Uh, roots, 70s, 80s, Robadob, Roots, Radix, then moving slowly to the, you know, the new kind of style, Robadob, OBF style, new kind of style. And then, you know, 
uh, hours after hours moving to the you know top plate section and steppers and then so people in Dobquake are quite you know everyone is here at 11 waiting in front of the doors every two months it's it's kind of sold out yeah it's sold out every two months so people arrive like very early they got their pre-sale tickets in their pocket and when it starts, they, they're inside the room dancing from the beginning to the end. They don't leave the place. You know, that's why I love my Dobquake people because, trust me, they don't leave the place. Five till five till six is still ramen. Yeah, that's why I love, you know. And they're giving us full support and love. There's no, no trouble. There's no, like, it's quite cool. But Luzine... The atmosphere of Luzine is quite good. Yeah, for, it's, it's, for it's a great place, definitely. And, and like the, the variety yeah, yeah, of... Because yeah. maybe people think of OBF session for like... Maybe they're thinking of one of the records they bought or something. But there's there's a huge... The, the sessions are really diverse. There's lots of different music you're playing. Yeah. And you're playing all night. To, yeah, yeah, to yeah. give a little something to all the different kinds of people in the crowd. That's the kind of impression I get from it. Yeah, yeah. And as well, the kind of people... We got in in our session is called yeah diverse yeah because uh, Luzin is well known for like is rock or hip hop or reggae so obviously all all kind of people are coming in in our session that's why I love you know you can see like some black Rasta white Rasta some youngsters hip hop rap some like I don't know some weird people I mean but that's why I like but they all here for the vibes because they love the vibes Dubquake is a special vibes. I had some friends who are more in some like metal, yeah, because I used to work at Luzin, so we used to collaborate, collaborate with some like people in different mm -hmm. styles, yeah. So some people who used to love metal, they still loving it, yeah. Heavy, heavy metal, you know. They used to come at Dubquake and say, yo, I can feel the vibe, I can feel the the, the pressure, I can feel the, this vibe, and I, yo. I think I could say I love reggae, I love dub. What's going what's going on? You know? So yeah, experiencing 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 reggae music and dub music on a sound system at Dub Quake is something who can change your your life or your mind forever. That's right. Opening <laughs> you know? up some minds, opening up the minds of the people. And what about like, That's right, that's right, that's right. Obviously, you, you like work in a team as well. That's one thing that seems to be part of the OBF thing is this kind of, you know, maybe a lot of people yeah. see you, you know, you're active on social media, you're there DJing mm, and stuff, mm, they see mm, you. Mm. But there's, a, there's more going yeah. on, isn't there, than just Rico? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know what? But when you run a sound system, you need the full team to be ready behind you. If you're alone, you can't do, you know, it can't work. So... Uh, I started with G, yeah. G is my main man, operator, uh, working on the sound, working on, you know, on the on the vibes. Uh, I'm on the produce. I'm on the, uh, the production and uh, selecting. I move the sound as well, yeah. And uh, there is Steph, who is with us from the beginning as well, working on the um, organization. Because um, you know, I don't remember any of the gigs I have I can't say where I'm I'm going what I have to do so Steph is here to make it you know organized plus she's working on our, our administration as well making everything uh, legal because you know we are legal worker now so she makes all the contracts and all this stuff uh, we got the boxman we got six or seven people working with us uh, like helping us to move the song but as well 
cleaning, repairing, uh, building, painting. That's all that stuff yeah. in the background. People don't people don't know what goes on in the background. No, no, there's so many. It's a full time job. It, I mean, we are. I mean, Steph, I are like full time job. We we're in the sound system business like us, like two hundred percent. Yeah, full time job. Uh, G got a side job. Uh, because he's just come, he's just moving with the sound system, so there's less gigs, you know. And as well, he runs a, a cafe, a cafe concert, so cafe concert. So, uh, but yeah, you need to have the full team to work on a sound system because there's so much work to do, you know. And now the boxmen, some are building their own sound. That's what as happens. Well. That's what it's all about. They passing are, along that yeah. knowledge and inspiring people. Exactly. Exactly. And we try to always give a part of our old sound system to our boxman, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, legacy, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't have kids, so, you know, our kids, our children are our boxmen, yeah. And as well, we really try years after years to make the work uh, like, um, yeah, they have an insurance, they are legal, so sometimes... When we say to like the promoters, oh, it's gonna cost this amount of money because we need to rent a van. Uh, there is the the cost of the road, and there is the fee for the for the crew. They say, yeah, it's so expensive. But you know what? We, you know, people are fighting for working class, fighting for you know. So we are trying to give the opportunity to our boxman to to make a little bit of money, yeah, and to and if any problems happen they have an insurance so yeah we try to make it professional nowadays yeah it took it it took time yeah it takes time yeah, yeah? that's what we all we all start from like nothing and kind of like you know to start from nowhere and then slowly you build up and you learn more about it and stuff but it's interesting right. you're that's talking right. about like playing out and like obviously you, you travel a lot i mean your obf are all around the world so um just the last few years you've you've been all over the place so and what what's it yeah. what's it like traveling so much with the music like what what's all that what's all that about sleeping a lot <laughs> if you can like have a, <laughs> sure yeah yeah but i need i need it i try to, i try to sleep and have an healthy living as much as i can you know because some people think oh you're touring a lot it's party every day. It's party every night. You play music. You're gonna meet people. Drink on. It's no, gonna kill you, that is. That. no, we. That's gonna kill you. So, no, we trust me. Sometimes people think like we kind of disrespecting them, but no, I try to just relax to uh, make sure my set. Uh, we are going to to perform. Gonna be gonna be like on point, very professional. So we are resting up. We are sleeping a lot. We try not to, you know, we, we, we're not drinking. We're not, you know, we're trying to make it very professional and healthy. Because if you don't follow this rule, no, it's going to end up quick for your career. So uh, touring, I love touring because I love meeting people as well. I think that is one of my favorite. Yeah, especially uh, like like me, you know, I know you're with the sound, but you're in, you're in the studio a lot. And when you're in the studio, you're on your own or one or two people. And it's, it's, it's great to be out there and actually connect with the people that are into the music, you know. That's right, that's right, that's right. And see how far can 
travel your music that's quite amazing you know are you surprised by how far it's taken you in terms of distance yeah that's crazy that's crazy and yeah thanks internet you know because we can play now in south america in in japan everywhere people know the tune listen the tune it's great for us as well because when we travel we can be influenced by different cultures i did some tune i was influenced by Brazilian music recently, I've been influenced by Chinese music, I've been influenced by so much music after traveling, so yeah, it's just a blessing to to travel like we do. Nice, nice. And I saw that, I mean, when we were, I think when we were together in, in Mexico a couple of years ago, you were heading off to Jamaica. So how, how, was, it, how was it visiting Jamaica? Uh, yeah, three years ago, I've been two times now, but yeah, three or four years ago, it was my first time. Yeah, it was a great experience because, you know, I was with a friend. I was quite lucky, you know, because it's nice to go there for the first time with a friend who know what's going on in Jamaica, who know the code, who know the rules, because, yo, you know, you need a couple of days just to, like, um, uh, analyze where you are, what's going on. Uh, you know how, how Jamaican are, yeah? It can be rude at the first well, time, know, yeah? I've never been there. I mean, it's, all, it's, it's absolutely, like, in my sights, like, to, to go and to visit the place. But it's like, yeah, I'm, I, I can imagine what it's like in Jamaica, especially if you want to go into studios. You're not just there in some resort. You kind of... And you, you went to visit some studios, I guess, when you were there. Every time I've been there, I brought my own microphone, then I... I don't need to rent studio. I don't need to, you know, to go in a studio, wait for the engineer. I'm, I, I like, you know, to, to be my own engineer and work with the people, take time. Because in a studio, it's always a rush. You go for one hour, two hours, then someone, yo, yo, you have to go now, you have to go now. So, you know, it's like, no, I brought my own uh, equipments. And I was lucky because I met um, through a connection, uh, Nazamba. So I was living with him in his yard. He gave me his room. Uh, he gave me some food. He gave me everything. And yo, we we made we made an album. Yeah, as as you know, a couple of years ago. So I was lucky to meet Nazamba. I was lucky to meet Aishabel. Uh, thank you very much because you know what they helped me a lot there. Uh, Linking artists, um, teach me the rules. Um, and show me the reggae life, because trust me, yeah, Nazamba always say me, told me that, say, yo, you're going to live the reggae life, yeah, the reggae life, yeah, you know? <laughs> so, and how, how was it bringing him over to Europe as well? Because that's a big thing to, like, to have a great project like that, like a dub poetry spoken project, and to take that to people, that's like, you know, that's a kind of extra special thing. It was not easy to, to bring him in Europe, no, fucking hell, it was quite... I mean, it was not me, yeah, Steph easy, did this work. <laughs> and trust me, she's been struggling uh, for the visa, to get the visa, to get the tourist visa. You have to show many, 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 many things to the French government, to the Jamaican government. And it's so unfair. We, we, we just turn up and we're just welcomed in the country. It's but a different story, yeah. the other way, from the Caribbean to Europe, different story. It's, it's totally, totally unfair. Um, yeah, it was quite, yeah, it was quite, it was quite hard. But finally, we made it. But you have to show every contract, every hotel room contract, 
every and when you're when you're on a day off they want to know where you're going to be and where you're going to be you have to prove them that you're going to be there so the the mayor of the city have to sign like personally sign a paper saying blah blah mr nazomba going to be on this fucking and you have to show your That's bank crazy, account man. if you yo you have to show where you're living and if there is enough space for your guests to come you know it's quite it was crazy but we did it and it was one month of pure vibe with nazomba uh and do you remember it was his first time on stage with this project so yeah i'm very very happy how, how, how it went nice because you obviously you're, you're known for working with with a lot of artists whether that's you know artists from the caribbean artists from europe artists from uk so that's something you enjoy i guess you know it's all uh family and friends uh i'm working a lot with charlie wilson but shanti they're the crew now they're the family now but all the artists i've been working with they're like like friends it's it, it's it's a vibe. It's not like, yo, can you record this on this rhythm? Yeah, all right, I'm gonna record something. No, no. I... Even even uh, Buro Banton, I've been on the phone with him. I've been on Skype with him. I've been, you know, I talk. I talk a lot with him to see what we're gonna do on what kind of project we're gonna work. What the subject, the lyrics, the vibe. The, you know, that's why I like. That's why I make. It's a tune, I think, a bit different than, than the other, I think, you know. Then you have the proper vibe, you know. But also that must be because you've got an idea in your head for the kind of stuff you want to do as well. It's not like some crazy accident. You, you seem to know what you want to do. <laughs> Sometimes it's not easy for, 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 for the singer, but at the end, I know what I want. And it's nice to work like that because they can tell me as well what they want. But we are working together uh, in the studio. But uh, yeah, it just, I like to be with them in the studio because I can get a vibe. Uh, he can give me some ideas. I can give him some ideas on lyrics or even he can tell me some things on the, on the rhythm. You know, that, that's why I like, you know, some like uh, vibes, uh, connection, you know, sharing, sharing sharing vibes in a studio, yeah. But say you, you built up this huge like catalogue of releases with so many different artists and it's, um, I mean, you must be spending a lot of hours in the studio, Rico. I don't know when I'm going to release them, but I have so many tunes I recorded in Jamaica with some talented young singers, uh, male and female, that, but I have no time to release them. So anyway, I will one day. I will want it because, yeah. And we have many, many projects uh, to release, to come on, on Dubquake Records and OBF Records. So, it's yeah, it's interesting as well that, like, with Dubquake Records and what you're doing, it's not just here's the latest, like, OBF, like, Anthem or whatever. It's like you're picking up things like lost um, tunes that from the 90s, like UK stuff, like Dub Judah and stuff like Charlie's sort of project of the stuff he did in South End. I mean, what 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 makes you do stuff and release those kind of projects? I love like Roots, Reggae, this 90s era, yeah, of, 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 of a UK of music. But sometimes uh, I think our crowd, you know, our crowd, our fans, our followers, they don't, 
especially know of this early career of Charlie P when he was, you know, they don't realize it. So I wanted to make sure that people know where Charlie come from, you know. Uh, same thing with uh, Top Judah and Dennis Rutical. This is this is the music we love, you know. And I want just to show that our crowd, our fans, that we're not. Uh, it's not something new. It's not something like created five, six years ago. It's something who was here before we, when we were babies, you know. So this is why I want to press things like this. As well, we are going to repress uh, Irish and Stepper dub, original dub that soon. So I'm happy, you know, because this, this, yeah, the classic, I think people need to need to know more about it, you know? No, for sure. And also, like, you did the release with Dub Judah, obviously, and like he's one of my absolute heroes in the studio. And, and like a lot of mm-hmm. people, he's not, you know, he's obviously busy with Twinkle Brothers and he's playing out more himself, but his old 90s productions are not anywhere near known as they should be, apart from maybe Babylon is a trap. But, like, for me, you know, he's one of the true geniuses of music He's a true... Yeah, for me, he's a a real legend. He's a legend. And I would love to release more of his tune, yeah? (laughs) I was thinking about it the other days. Uh, Anyway, anyway... Maybe I have, I have many projects, so maybe I need to cool down. But I would love to release more of his tune. Yeah, nice, nice, and yeah, and, and so dubbed out original dubbed out. We can look forward to that coming out again on, on vinyl. Yeah, you know the original vinyl was only twelve tunes on one vinyl. Yeah, uh, this is going to be sorry the thirtieth uh, anniversary from Iration Stepa. So we decided to do with Iration in collaboration with Iration to put the full album on two vinyl, yeah? Like a special edition for the 30th anniversary. So this is going to come very soon, well, yeah? that original album, you're not going to be playing that on a sound system, like six tracks aside or something. I, I've got it here. I mean, it's it's a classic, but it's like what those LPs, they're very hard to play on a sound system. Yeah, that's why we wanted to put, to put it on like two vinyl then... Uh, people can play it in a sound system, yeah. And what about like OBF productions? I mean, I've seen some stuff in social media, and like you know, you seem to be busy working on something. Yeah, yeah. So um, the next week, I mean, the twenty seventh of March, uh, we are releasing our first single of the next OBF album called Signs. Uh, Signs is just um, an album that I've been recording during the last years and a half. Been influenced by so many different people, so many different culture. So it was some, you know, signs of time, signs of the life. So I decided to put this in 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 music, you know, and I asked the artist to to like write around this subject, you know? And so this is going to be the next OBF album, Science. What else? I got another tune with Nazamba called Odd Beer because when I was in Jamaica, everyone was asking me what if I want hot beer or cold beer. So it makes me laugh. So we decided to do a tune with Nazamba called Hot Beer. So this one going to be released for the record store days. 
if everything is all right. The other thing I wanted to touch on briefly as well is that um, obviously OBF very active on like social media. Um, and do, do, you, do you find that a, a good way to let people know about what you're doing? It's like, I think everybody seems to enjoy your, I, I enjoy your posts and, you know, you're obviously busy and active with it. And that's, I guess that's like part of what you do now. Okay, it's a full-time job, yeah. Working on socials. Uh, I think it's important to keep the connection with the people uh, who are following you. Because I'm following many artists, yeah? And I love when they're showing us a little bit of the studio, when they're talking to us, like, on stories and say, yo, people, we're going to release your people. I'm, I'm so happy when I see other artists doing it. So I'm just doing it because I love to see other people doing it. So that's why I'm doing it, you know, to keep a link, a close link with the, with, with the fans. Well, it's a bit like, like doing this podcast. I really wanted people to know more about the people behind the music and a bit about their, their history and like their motivations and stuff. And that's why, you know, we talk, do these long kind of in-depth interviews and that's something that's, uh, to, you know, to, to help people understand a bit more about the people because they just see artists performing, releasing records, running sound system, whatever. But to know a bit about what that person's like is, you know, for me, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, I told you. I, t- I, texted, I texted you straight. You remember when you released the first uh, interview with Manasseh? I said, yo, Steve, what a great idea. I love it. BBC, proper like BBC. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, I think well, it's great. BBC, it's come on, it's got it. The BBC is the big influence around here, so you know you got to do it like that. Well, listen, one sort of last thing that I'm asking um, all of the guests on the podcast um, is this sort of end question. It's only a you know minor thing, but the book of dub. I'm writing everyone's name in the book of dub and I'm asking people to put something they'd want like associated with their name. So I've opened it up and I'm writing Rico OBF. So what, what would you want to be like associated with your name? I would say, <laughs> I would say, it's hard, Steve. I would say, I would say maybe like family. Cause this is how we started with the family and we're still on nowadays with the family doing our things, working with the family, moving forward with the family, people uh, giving us some love in a session like family, uh, building tunes like you're building a tune for your brother. So, you know, we keep, yeah, family, yeah, family nice, is nice. Nice, well, that's it. That's, I think that's what people think of when they see OBF. Is, yeah, that's is right. Family <laughs> and it's that kind of nice. Rika, well, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you very much for the invitation, Steve. And uh, we look forward to uh, many more OBF releases and sessions and everything. Thank you, man. Thank you. Cool. Thanks again for joining me and Rico for this 11th episode of the Life in Dub podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to Life in Dub and help to promote it wherever you can. If you have any comments or suggestions about the show, as usual, you can email me vibronics at gmail.com or get me on any of the social media places. And you can visit the website lifeindub.com. And don't forget to check out those t-shirts to help support Life in Dub. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you all again in two weeks for the next Life in Dub podcast.